0: Thanks for tuning in to Big Money in the 805. We're here with Tom Spence, and we've got a lot to talk about today. We hope to make the next 30 minutes a very good investment of your time. Today's show is brought to you by Geico Local Office, car and homeowner's insurance for the 805. You could save up to 15%. Call Greg Mock of Geico Local Office, 805-487-7847. It's time for Big Money in the 805 with your host, Michael Anderson. Bringing you a feature interview, a local nonprofit spotlight, and some financial wisdom. Get local and relevant information for the 805. For show notes and more information, go to maranatha.com. And now, here's your host, Michael Anderson. And welcome to the program. It's nice to be here today, Spence, and we'll talk about a few topics today that I think are interesting and probably on the forefront of everybody's mind. Of course, it's back to school week. Students are going back to school at the local K through 12s, and also colleges are firing up. So exciting time to always be in that season of going back to school. I know young parents and my wife in particular were excited because it changes the whole routine of the day, and that is really fun. But also politics starting to pick up a little bit we're seeing more as far as campaigning November coming up around the corner so we're starting to see more of that we'll talk a little bit about that and last week Spence we talked about moving out of California and people doing that and how that is in some cases more affordable And also, like in Texas, it was fascinating that there's more industry and it's more affordable, is what we heard. So that was fascinating to hear that. We'll talk a little bit about that. No feature interview today. We're just talking about a few hot point buttons here. So that's kind of what I had on tap, and I thought it would be fun to discuss. And maybe we'll start with the idea of this moving out of California. And what about the people that are staying in California? What are the benefits to staying in California as opposed to these folks last week we talked about moving out of? And when I think about that, and talking to a few people over the week, I hear that you know when you stay in California, your money grows faster. So that if you own a home and, and you get one, you know the appreciation of that home. Generally, you can kind of make more in that leverage when you retire. You'll have more to move out if you want to, you know, and buy that house. And you kind of mentioned that last week as far as staying here and having the access to potentially more growth or quicker growth. So that's a huge benefit course, we have more industry seemingly. And then, of course, the weather, the premium of of this 70 degree weather that we get pretty constantly. It's seemingly 80 degree weather as it gets hotter and stays hotter. What are the benefits, Spence, that you see staying in California as opposed to moving out like we talked about last week? Exactly that. The 75 to 80. I get a chance to talk to a lot of people
1: who come in from other states, a lot of people. And the interesting thing is uh, one lady said to me, she said, you just don't understand how good you have it here weather-wise. She said, when you get out of the plane in Virginia, it's like a big, wet, hot blanket falls on you. The weather actually crushes you, and it really is something you don't get too used to. And she said, you get out of the plane here, that old dry heat cliche, but she said it's so true. So I would say the weather, It's people forget. If you've got to suit up and go somewhere, You know, if you've got to dress nice— it's much easier to do here than where it's humid. And just all the little things. If you want to go out for a run, it's just much easier to do here. The health of the weather, it's just huge. Then the access to stuff.
0: That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, I think we're more in California. We have that notorious concept of just being more relaxed. You know, the California yeah. chill. The con- and you think it's largely weather driven that we're able to be outside and go on a walk and be comfortable. And so we're not, you know, cooped up all the time. And I think there's something to that, to being able to just have that more comfortable weather, to be more active and to be out there. my brother just got back on a summer vacation. They went out to Pennsylvania and he was coming back and he was making a few comments. And he said, one of the things I love about Pennsylvania, right about the later afternoon in the day, probably five out of 10 houses, people are sitting on their porch and they're talking and they're just hanging out on their porch. You don't see that here. We're not and porch people anymore. We're not porch but I don't think we're porch people cuz we're out doing more stuff. We're out, you know, we're beyond mm-hmm. the porch. And out there, I don't think they go much further than beyond the porch, and it's weather-driven. I mean, I think that's what I can surmise of it, but but it's fascinating. I think it's very cool to have the porch thing, and that's an important thing, and you get a lot of benefits from that. But out here in California, we're out, we're moving, we're doing activities, and, and because we can, because it's comfortable all day, nearly
1: every day. You know TMZ, the show, TMZ, it's the, uh, the little Entertainment, gossipy show. Yeah. You know what TMZ is? No. It's the 30-mile zone. The thought being from the center of L.A., if you draw a 30-mile circle, you'll get just about all the celebs. Ah. I look at it for us here in Ventura County. You could say like a 90-mile zone. If you draw 90 miles, which is a reasonable weekend getaway, reasonable to drive 90 miles, you start looking at the access you have. You can do things like Disneyland and Knots and Universal and Magic Mountain. You could do the islands. You could do where your cabin is up there in the woods. You can go up into the hills. You can go to a football game, a baseball game, a basketball game, a hockey game. You can go up to, like, um, Santa Barbara, and you can get access a little farther, Cambria, and places like that. It is ridiculous how much stuff we have, and how much different stuff we have. It's not just driving away. It's going to complete within our own county. We have a place like Ojai, which has its unique and, you know, it's, it's sort of a place, uh, it's the spiritual vortex of the world. <laughs> and then you go down and you've got Thousand Oaks. We had two football teams training here. You had access to the Rams and you had access to the Cowboys, and you also had pretty quick access to the Chargers. When you just start listing stuff out, there's a lot to do here. And then there's the movies and the blah, 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 that just typical stuff. But it's crazy. We have a presidential library. We have – and you say, and I want to leave this? Right, right. I might rethink that. I might rethink (laughs) that.
0: That's the TNZ, the 90-mile zone that you're mentioning. That's cool. No, you're right. There's, There's a lot here. We talked about moving out of California. So now we're highlighting a few reasons. We're staying. Now the folks are staying and, and why we would want to stay and what you get when you do stay. And there are plentiful reasons to stay put here and to keep stay rooted and to ride it out here in, in our state that has high income taxes for a state. Out in Texas, that's one thing that they mentioned a lot of benefits. And it was a double whammy out there. Like Ryan had said, you have good affordability to buy a home to make it in that regard. And then, and then good job industry as far as making money and uh, no income tax on the state level. But what, what we didn't get into those details, they have really high property taxes. Their property taxes are much higher than here in California. So they make up for it a little bit there. That will bog them down a little bit with inflation and having the, the homes appreciate, I think, a little bit. So you don't see as much appreciation out there. You um, always have to pay the man. <laughs> they're it's gonna get theirs how aren't they? do
1: you do it yeah you always have to pay the man yeah <laughs> it's just that that's the rule of the game but here and i've looked and i've had friends uh, that moved to nashville that moved to austin up to portland i've got a, and really good friends who've given me reports they give really really good reports on where they are so i feel the pull occasion i think you know if i do this uh three or four more years the other thing that's interesting what you said about houses because i also talk to a lot of people who do real estate out of state. And they say when you buy real estate in another city, you never buy it saying this house is going to be worth more in a while. It's an income property. You're getting rent off it. Because that house will go from eighty thousand to eighty one thousand to eighty three thousand to seventy nine thousand, where here the house is go for five, five, five fifty. Now we could obviously deflate again, but it's prices are sticky. They'll always go back up. You might have to ride it. But in these other communities, if you do buy a property, rarely will it say, hey, you know, the, uh, the barn was worth 80,000 10 years ago. It's worth 81 now. <laughs> and here, you really get investment. There, you want income off the property. So that's another thing that's different. And you pointed out at the beginning of the show your house here is a big fat stock market. 401k. It, it's an investment that almost every single time will pay you handsomely. You just have to measure the market and get out at the right
0: time. It'll take time. Yeah, exactly. Sure. It, and there are cycles to it, but it mm. does take time. And and yeah, you look at the last cycle from 2007, you know, mm. the high riding down to the low and coming back we up. We got and, spanked, but yeah, it's back. But it's back. Exactly. Yeah. You can kind of look at that and over a long period of time, it's likely whenever you buy here in California, if, you, if you're waiting you know 15 30 years you're going to you're going to do well on number 1 the appreciation but also you're paying the thing down you're building equity so there's a lot of there's a lot of good math in real estate there's and a lot if you're of good math
1: interested in buying Johnny Carson's old house uh, there in Malibu it was 80 million it's not 61
0: there's a, there's, a a right there. there's a deal right there look the at how much is. money that's how my wife shops she's like look mm-hmm. how much money i saved yeah. i just saved you 19 million on yeah, this house, it, from right. it was right eighty. It was at didn't. eighty. We got it for sixty-one, and Johnny bought it
1: for nine. Johnny's now, doing Johnny Johnny well. hasn't been with us for a while, but still, look look at the way things go here. And we do live in a remarkable <laughs> place, and that's not bragging because I didn't yeah. plant the trees, I, I didn't fill the ocean, I didn't. I just got the good fortune that my parents moved here, and I've lived here my whole life. It's not bragging; it's just a fact. It's just you lived up in the Bay Area. I was up there a for a few years. Beautiful thanks. place yeah. to live. Just. It's mind-boggling how fun that uh, and beautiful that city is. It offers everything. It's got all the stuff. The weather might be just a, a little bit less because of the fog and kind of the cold the wind. Uh, but you have so much to do there. And there's a reason people compete for this. San Diego to the Los Angeles area to the Bay Area are really uh, the Goldilocks spots where things are are pretty good all the time.
0: For those of us that are staying in California, just take stock and appreciate that we're here and it's good and we're riding it out. And for those that are making the decision to move out of California, well, best of luck. And uh, and there is Mm -hmm. some good opportunity out there as well. So a fair job of showing both sides of that, I think, Spence. And the other thing I wanted to talk about today was just the uh, idea of politics. And it's interesting as we come into this cycle of moving closer to November, and this stuff starts to heat up and it's just fascinating nowadays in the, in the world we live in and how someone can run and then how they can be voted in i find it fascinating because i think i think there's more transparency and i think i think that because you can see these people you can see what they're doing what they're posting who they are what they've been about there's less places to hide so I think that's important because you kind of will know a little bit more of what they're doing, their actions, as opposed to just their words and who, what they say they're gonna do and what they say that they're about. And now you can go and look and you can say, hey, well, here's their feed on social media. Here's, let me see what they've been up to for the last two years. And they, well, this is who the person is. And that's, I feel like you didn't have that access, you know, in the last few well the last few decades you just didn't have that type of access the the media was more controlled and you could craft your message in a way and you can hide in the shadows it's a little harder to do that now
1: yeah people have exposed themselves whether they like it or not between what sports they like what vacations they like and a lot of people get political and you can some people are very direct about it and some people are a little more you got to figure it out but it is In the last, especially, what do you say, five, maybe to ten years, because MySpace was out there. But Facebook changed the game, as did Twitter and Instagram, where you can say, oh, that's what you say? Well, let's look at what you've done. And you can start going through there and and look at some of the stuff, see what they do for a living. And it's very up close. It's one thing that's great about local politics and why you have to vote. You should vote in all elections. But sometimes, even going to governor, you look and you say – my vote against how many registered voters in California and what. But when you're in Moore Park, and I'm not going to name all the cities, and Ventura and Oxard and Camarillo and Tio, and Simi. Okay, I'm going to do a Port Hueneme and a beautiful Ojai, Santa Paula, and Fillmore. You directly affect and you can know these people. And it makes the, the race much more intriguing. Yeah, When you're you right. feel like, I know you. You know, literally, I know you. And do I trust you? Do I want you running part of my city and having that sway and that
0: influence? And it's the same thing. Even if you don't literally know them, you can see everything they're doing. And you feel like, you know, I want to know this person. I, I appreciate what they're about and what they're doing. Like they're walking the walk. You can see if they are walking the walk or if they've just been, you know, giving a good talk. I get excited about that difference, about that delineator just saying, well, now I at least I have some way to kind of test my vote and see if I want to vote where, you know, with with what I'm in line with, you know, as opposed to what people just say. I want to see what they say, but I also want to see what they do. And now we can see what they do. And I think that's kind of cool. And not everybody's on these platforms. So it's not always easy. Why aren't
1: you? (laughs) that could be the other thing though but if somebody's running for office so what's up with you and if you send them a friend request and they don't accept it are you really going to vote for that person it it opens up a very strange dynamic and for some people to say well I don't do that you should because it is a way to reach out and touch someone and really tell them what you're all about while taking the risk
0: of It's it's the it's the society we live in today. Mm -hmm. If you're going to be in a a public official, if you're going to be in that position, like there's a certain responsibility that comes with that. And nowadays, like it's almost like having a phone or an email. We you also got to have a presence where people, you can correspond with people. You can, people can see what you're doing. You know, people could, you know, have a, a direct dialogue with you if they need to on stuff. It's It almost comes with the position that you need to be a little bit more, you know, active or at least have a presence there. And, and you know what's interesting? When they hire positions, I was involved with some of the process when they're hiring a few of the principals at the new schools. And that's one of the things they filter. Is this new principal coming in? Do they have the wherewithal to grow with technology as it advances? Because a lot of these principals and staff at schools that are older, that have been there a long time, and they haven't grown with technology, and they're realizing that, and they're like, I am not the person to take you into the next decade. We need a new principal in that has the wherewithal to grow with technology that's kept up with it, and we will continue to keep up with it because that's where education's going, that's where business is going, that's where technology's changed the way we live. It will continue to do that, and you need someone that will embrace that and grow with it. And that's that's part of the position in education, in business, and also I think in our public you know our our public officials. I was really shocked when my son I, I
1: going to Thousand Oaks High School when he said they gave me a Chromebook. And I'm thinking, what are these people made out of money? Right. So I talked to the principal about it and he said, we're saving money. You're gonna pretty soon, you're not gonna have any text. You're just gonna have this Chromebook they give you, which is a few hundred dollars. But when you look, you don't have to re-up books, you don't have to republish, you don't have to rebuy. You don't get a kid that's got the ratty old book that's been there. And you look at what technology has done, and like you say, kids who do that all day, they want the politician to be there with them. That's where they're going to see them. So everybody has to move there. And this corny old hack of, well, I'm just going to find an eighth grader to fix it, You can't say that anymore because right. you, you're starting to really date yourself out. If you say, well, I'll just get my kid to fix it. Oh, no. I, I, would, I would pull back from that. I would start saying, you know, this is something I really must learn. And maybe I don't have to embrace it to show my breakfast every day, but you do have to embrace it if you're in that world yeah. and to be accessible. I know a lot of politicians in the old days, I always answer my phone. Well, that gets a little tough. But if somebody complains to you on a Facebook page on a Sunday, at least Monday morning, oh, look at that. It's something I have to address. And it's, it's a great way for all of these people to, uh, to
0: reach out and talk directly to a constituent. It's a little bit of a paradigm shift. But but it is something and you don't have to be a super user, but you just have to have a presence and it's more of a dialogue that is getting to be more of what's expected. You know, it's not it's not doing above and beyond. It is getting to be like this is just par for the course. If you're going to be in that position, you kind of got to have some type of presence where you know where where you that, that people can see what you're doing. Like you, we want to know what you're doing. That's important, and I appreciate that when I do see it, and I start to expect it more when you know when it comes time to make a decision and cast a vote. You know, yep. I want to I want to know what's going on. So there was
1: one point where the carpenter had to say, "You know what? I'm going to buy one of these nail guns." Because anybody who's ever worked the industries, <laughs> every industry changes. That's and a great analogy. it's different from what it was before. And you just, you have to re-up or chances are you're not going to get elected, not going to get the work. You're, you're not going to be part of the system. So I love this part of politics and I do love local politics. And I see a lot of people we know who are dancing around right now on Facebook. We won't mention any names because we're actually not permitted to because when you mention one, you have to mention all and give them all access. But I love the play that we're getting on on Facebook and Instagram now between a lot of these very passionate people who want to help their neighborhoods and their cities.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I mean, and that's, that's, that's kind of where we're at. And so it's a very good thing. But the the other thing I thought we'd talk about Spence and I find uh, fascinating is, is uh, I, I was just, the idea of saving and the idea of discipline. So as a financial planner, I'm talking with folks and I have a client He's well in his nineties and we're not talking about savings and discipline with him. We're talking about, mm-hmm. you know, having his money in savings accounts and CDs and things like that. But the meeting right before that meeting, I'm talking with a 22 year old. And his and we're dealing with his college debt and where he's at and decisions and how he's going to pay that off and, and and so it's interesting the dynamic of just conversations that you have with people but this comes up a lot and more so with people that are getting established financially and, and getting their you know so younger folks a little bit more but I really like this uh, this little uh, you know this thing I saw the other day and it, it said you know five dollars a day for lunch 25 dollars a week hundred dollars a month. So you look at that—it's twelve hundred dollars a year, right there. It's just five bucks a a day for lunch. So uh, the idea with that is you can afford to save. A lot of people, I can't afford to save. You know, I only make so much, and you know, but you spend five bucks a day for lunch. It adds up to twelve hundred dollars a year. The idea is that you can afford to save. You can, but you just don't want to make the darn sandwich. You'd rather eat out, and I see that a lot. And you, you you look at it and you say, well, wait a minute. You know, you're saying you want me to make a sandwich? It's like, well, that's what a lot of people do. I don't do. like to
1: cook. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> so I can't afford, you know, to save. It's like, well, hold on. You know, 5 bucks a day, 25 a, a week, 100 a month, 1200 a year. You can't afford to save. You just don't want to make the sandwich. Yeah, and make it's the same sandwich. With if you like Starbucks, buy one cup a week and brew
1: four. You're doing that on a workday, and it's really pretty easy because that's what i started doing i occasionally indulge and i, I like one you know i'll get one of those silly drinks but it's a big difference so if you do and depending on what you get uh, five drinks is either 15 or it could be 30 depending on what you buy and the savings are remarkable so you don't want to completely take pleasure away so you might say, you know what, I'm going to eat a nice lunch on Friday, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I'm going to bag it. And I I can only say to the kids out there, even if you save 3%, in 20 years, the only thing you'll say is, man, I wish I would have saved more. But the other thing you'll say is, thank God, at least I got that ball rolling. Because it is remarkable how those, those numbers multiply. They sure Get do the discipline now. Yeah,
0: you got You got you to start. If you haven't started, start now. You know, everybody wishes they would have started earlier. So certainly, you know, starting is the big thing and to, to make it an automatic thing and a systematic thing. But it's the concerted effort. It's the idea that, y- you know, you're making a conscious decision to save. And that's the key, because if you don't make that just concerted effort to say, no, this is a priority and we're going to do it, even if it's just a little bit. Well, then guess what happens? You don't. Mm-hmm. If you don't make the concerted effort, it doesn't happen. It doesn't at the end of the month. No one says, oh, hey, I've got an extra twelve hundred bucks now. I'm just going to now I'll save that. No, you got to make that decision at the beginning of the month and, uh, and and really, really save some money and just put it aside and make it a system where it happens regularly. You make the decision once and now it flows. And uh, so there are ways to do that. You know, it's not too difficult to set that up. And if you don't know how to do it, you come talk to me and I'll help you out. You know, so it's but it's it's easy. You need to have a system. That's the thing. A 401k is a great one. And there are other ones you can do within your bank account and the check that you get and things like that. So that is really kind of cool. But the other thing you look at sometimes is uh, is you look at relationships and spouses and one one of them is trying to save all the time. And the other one's like not so focused on saving all the time. You're like, wow, this is, this is tough. We got to find a way to balance it out. You know, it's kind of like pushing a rope. You can't push a rope. You got to pull the thing, you know, and you got It's better if you're both pulling in the same direction. You don't want to be pulling and pushing and not going anywhere with it. So it's it's hard as a household to figure this stuff out. And, and, and it comes, uh, I'll just mention personally, sometimes we, we, my wife and I are figuring this out too with stuff where we're not on that same page pulling in the same direction. And we need to, we need to be clear on that. You know, I mean, we sometimes we will start saving too much and it's like, oh, no, we need to, you know, we need to go have some fun. It's not mm-hmm. all, it's not all work and no play. There's got to be a little play you know, but it's also not all play
1: with no work. Yeah, it's a a balance that you constantly seek as with anything. I did a a thing with my son where, and I don't know if I have any examples here, I actually don't, but I I just put what amounted about 28 cents in a jar that I have on my desk. And it's just one of those things every time, because I noticed my son cool. oh dad, it's just a quarter, it's just a dime. So I started taking all of them and I put them in a jar. And one day, I might have told you this story, I left like 22 bucks on the uh, on our little island in the kitchen. And, looks and he goes, Dad, what's this? And I said, that's oh, $22. And he goes, well, uh, he's kind of, eyes get a little big. And I said, you know what that is? That's all the change that I've collected over a month, 30 days. I said, you want that now? You didn't want the quarter, but you want that 22 And it's weird how if you just prove that all of a sudden, those quarter-dimes, nickels, and pennies that you might have been blowing and wasting on the lunches, the coffees, this and that, it all adds up. It, it really does. And it, it's crazy how much—we've had people for our children's services auxiliary, uh, they find coins and they keep them. And one day, uh, the year, they donated 32 bucks, another time 60 and they said, we always keep the coins and we donate that to the kids. And that's, that's their fun way of donating to our penny and coin drive. Money does add up every single time.
0: Yeah, it does. And it's the same with dollars. You know, as your mm-hmm. dollars and fives Even and tens. Even more so, yeah. Even more so. <laughs> but if so. you're putting those away in your 401k or in a systematic yeah. contribution out of your checking account into, you know, a, a, a vehicle, whether it's another savings account or a brokerage account, you know, you're putting these fives and tens away on the week. And, you know, next thing you know, you turn around, some time's gone by and you're like, wow, we got, we got, there's thousands in here. and And it adds up. It really does. So just your contribution and then the, hopefully the growth of that money you've put in is also adding to it as well. And and that's that's what people, that's the millionaire next door. That's the, mm-hmm. <laughs> what the people that do well, very well. I mean, you talk to your cl- your closest friends that have done very well financially. And if you really peg them on it and you say, what, what are some things? What do you do? You're going to find a few themes that play out. And one of them is stuff like this that we're talking about. They showed discipline. They made a concerted effort to save at times, they were even frugal with making their lunches, or this or that, and at times they, you know, had a way where they were saving money and just letting it work, and uh, and that's the key. I mean, it's not really more challenging than that, but it but it does take a little structure to put in place. They drove a car for ten years. Stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, that does it for our show today. Thanks for tuning in to Big Money in the 805. A special thanks to the team at Boyd & Associates providing home security to Southern California and to Greg Mock from GEICO local office. If you have questions about the show or questions about your financial matters, you can always contact me directly at maranatha.com. That's M-A-R-A-N-A-N-T-H-A.com. Or you can give me a call. Leave a message at 805-665-3767. Thanks for listening. Have a great week and join us again next time. Hi, this is Michael Anderson, certified